Before we start our episode, we want to welcome Middle Sister Wines as our happy hour sponsor. Did you know that birth order is commonly believed to have a profound and lasting effect on psychological development? And that the Middle Sister has a greater chance of having a wine named just for her? Well, welcome to the world of Middle Sister, sassy wines for Middle Sisters and everybody who loves them, which includes the Three Tomatoes. We've been fans for years of their delicious whites like Drama Queen Pinot Grigio, but we confess we're slightly partial to Rebel Red and her sassy remarks like, if anyone tells you they don't like red wine, stop talking to them. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. They're more than just a wine. They're a family of sisters you're going to love. Learn more at MiddleSisterWines.com. And now we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to this edition of the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Kim Selby, your San Francisco editor, here today with Heidi Carey. She is best known for her classic, bold, beautiful jewelry designs, but she also designs in a few other yummy categories as well. So we're going to find out more in three, two, one. Welcome, Heidi. Hi, Kim. How are you today? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to have this opportunity to share what you do and share your story of how you got to be a designer with our uh, tomatoes who are listening. So I guess we'll start with, I have seen, um, you know, not in person, but only on your website, your gorgeous designs that are, your jewelry is exquisite. Well, thank you so much. So did you know you always wanted to be a jewelry designer? I always like people asking people that question as tomatoes in. Uh, well, no, I, no, that's not exactly. Uh, I did not. Uh, my uh, going back briefly, I was actually an economics major in college, which really doesn't bring me to anything of what I'm doing. But I uh, ended up um, not going to the Wall Street and ended up getting some more um, jobs in the creative fields when I first graduated. I tried advertising. I tried interior decorating. And then I ended up getting, no joke, a Girl Friday job in the women's design at Ralph Lauren. And um, that turned into a five-year career being there, uh, ending up being assistant design director of accessories. And accessories have always been, you know, I, I just love accessories. I mean, how can one not? How, how can any woman not? Uh, so as, tell me, as a little girl, did you like dressing up and putting on ropes of pearls? And I mean, did no, you? No, no. honest, I didn't. I was more of a tomboy. I was more, uh, played a lot of sports, to be honest. Uh, that well, was not me. But I grew up with a mother who was a very uh, low key, um, never wore a wedding ring, kind of like myself, but loved beads, loved beads and pearls. And I definitely have gotten that from my mother and I can, I can thank her for that. I, you know, I appreciate fine jewelry. I appreciate everyone's love for whatever they love, if it's costume or, or fine jewelry. Uh, my mother loved carved beads, beads from everywhere and pearls. And so I think I got that from her where she just didn't wear fine jewelry. That wasn't her thing. And um, I kind of, just by fluke got into this business where a friend of mine wanted to start a jewelry business in beading and uh she wanted someone to travel with her and i said oh i love beads i'll have no problem going and at oh. that point i started to learn to knot the the ancient yeah. chinese knotting and i didn't want to do beads if i'm going to do something i'm going to make it look a little bit more um uh, uh polished a little bit more formal 
um, just like your grandmother's old pearl necklaces that are all hand knotted on silk. So I learned that technique and then basically just started doing it on the side as a hobby for me. I ended up going to Tucson by myself because my friend backed out the last minute. I already bought my ticket, the hotel, which is the big gem trade show in the United States is basically a month long in um, Tucson every February where there's not, I'm not joking, 55 shows all ranging from the materials, raw, finished, um, mechanical, every element of the jewelry industry is basically represented there. And I went and I had a budget and I thought, oh, I'm just going to go. And within two hours, I blew my budget for three days. I had to fly home early. I ran out of money and I just had the best time. And it was just like being in a candy shop. I couldn't stop picking up, buying, wanting, getting. And I have curated my my own ability um, by meaning I'm not a jeweler, I'm not a gemologist because I only deal with the semi-precious, not that I haven't thought of doing it, but I don't want to get into the fine jewelry business. So it right. really started off as a semi-precious um, business where they're just accessible, you know, uh, beads that are not as a price point, they're a better price point, but still they're organic, they're real, they're natural. And they have carvings, they have attitude, they have color variations. Um, it, I get very excited about it. And people ask how I get inspired. I go, I get inspired just by the, by the product. That's what I was going to ask. But well, wait, hold on, because I need to know when was this? So let's This was about eight, eight, nine years ago, way before I even started my business. And I just went on and did this. And then I just kind of went on for a few years, nodding and nodding and nodding and I had about 150 necklaces that I was just nodding for myself. I guess, oh, I'm going to give my gifts. Oh, I'm going to, I'm somehow, I, I just love it. And then my husband looks at me and goes, what are you doing? And my friend said, well, we're going to have to do, you know, a trunk show for you. And when I left Polo and moved to San Francisco, I did do a clothing line on my, uh, for five years until I had my first child. So Heidi, tell me about this. Uh the uh, trunk show in San Francisco. So you, where did you do it? Did you, you did it through friends. Friends said, we love this stuff. Now I think you should sell it to other people or did you want to sell it? I mean, it is beautiful. The tassels, the colors, it's gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Um, it was basically just, um, I, um, two friends had uh, hosted it at a private home and um, it was just one of those things where I, I had low expectations. I didn't know what to expect because when I had done my clothing line, I had done some of that, you know, 25 years ago. And I, I didn't like the trunk show venue. I think it, I, I always feel guilty thinking to have friends come over and thinking they have to purchase and, and the pressure to do that. So I wasn't particularly excited about doing it, but I did it and it was very successful. I think because the product is bead based, I do have bone. I have a buffalo bone, not obviously. <laughs> um, woods and nuts and shells and uh, obviously with the semi-precious um they're definitely necklaces you don't see coming and going so for the for the consumer that is not 100 percent brand driven which is fine if you are and there are a lot of people that are brand driven which i understand i mean i think i was too at some point we all go through a maturity um of where you are with your jewelry um so some people really can um, I guess, embrace it and go, oh my God, I could, I just love 10 pieces. Or some people <laughs> don't understand it. They're like, why is it so expensive? Shouldn't this be like costume jewelry? Because it's not, it's not gold, diamond, silver, you know, it's not, they don't understand it 
have people that don't understand it because it's not costume, and I have people that I can't believe it's so cheap because it's it looks it looks like a finer piece than um, than costume, but yet it's not a fine jewelry price point. So right. I, I it is it is a what you call um, kind of a bridge market. It, it's definitely in between and. It is trying to, uh, I guess, enlighten or to educate the customer that it is 100% real, it's 100% natural, it's made by hand, all those things that people can appreciate, but people also don't understand, you know, so right. it, it's, it, is a, it, is a, it is a funny niche. It's well, a, I think that, not to interrupt, but I, I think as we get older, too, I think people, from my experience, are more interested in not being a cookie cutter, but in expressing their individuality. And it seems like that is what you are offering, something that is unique, mm -hmm. a yes. conversation starter. And I think yes. that's really important that for all ages, but you have to be comfortable with yourself in order to have yes. people come up to you and say, that is gorgeous, where did you get it? Did you? So did you design with any age group in mind? No, but I think I'm finding my my clientele is 35 and up. Um, uh, I definitely think that it is, you know, I do have some college uh, customers. I do have some younger customers, but again, they're more confident. They're not in that um, mode where they don't need to be recognized as much for what they're wearing. Um, I definitely feel that it is a um, a piece that finishes any outfit. Mm -hmm. So, and it's also great to travel with. So you're going to spend between two and $500, depending on obviously at aquamarines would be more expensive from two to $500 for a necklace, um, that you could travel with. And if God forbid you lose it, it's not like losing your new Van Cleef necklace or you're right. You've, or you've lost your mother's heirloom. This, you, you know, may not be, you know, has, has monetary or, um, or, or emotional value to it. Right. So some people find it to be great traveling pieces or some people just go, I got this great sweater and I want to have something to finish it, but I'm not going to go buy a really expensive piece. But for $250, oh my God, that finishes my whole outfit. Done. Right. So, so where so where do you, do you ever travel? Um, well, also I want to talk about the earrings. I think those interchangeable earrings are beautiful. Oh, yeah. What a great concept that is. It and, is. So do you just travel locally? I mean, like in the United States, or do you ever go elsewhere to source your materials? So we go to Hong Kong for the trade show, the gem trade show. Um, I don't I don't get as much there because the gem trade shows in Asia are more uh, precious stone based. So they do have a lot of beads. So I'd say once a year we go to the gem show in Hong Kong. It's usually in March, June, or September. I don't know. I, I kind of switched it up. Oh, there's three shows, which one I go to. Um, we went to India originally for beads. My first Indian trip was two years ago, and that was for beads, but it ended up being a resource for the robe line, which I launched gosh, over a year ago and has been driving. Yeah. The, oh, my gosh. I had no idea where that came from, but... Um, it was a, a great story, way too long if you want to hear it now, <laughs> a great manufacturer, actually the gentleman that does all of Roller Rabbit, um, oh. is on kit is the gentleman that does my stuff. And I'm very lucky because he is very, um, he's very Westernized. So he understands grading what I need. He helps me out as much as I can help him out with product, you know, giving him numbers. Um, 
And it's kind of a, I didn't think I wanted to be in the rope business, but I love scalloping so much that anything scalloped to me, I, I would want to purchase. So it started off as scallop robes and it's gone to the tabletops and we're going to be launching three new patterns, Lily of the Valley, Hydrangea, Holiday Print in the next few months. And it, it's, it's amazing. So I went to India for beads. I ended up getting a, a block print industry that I didn't know I was going to be in that I'm in now. Um, I go to obviously Tucson every year, which is the local American show. Um, I will go almost anywhere for a trade show. We went to Milan last year to go to the leather goods and accessory trade shows, which of course happened during fashion week, which was quite a ride. And I learned that I'm not going to go into that industry. It was way too over my head for this time. It had way too much detailing, way too many sourcing issues. Um, So I like to go to these trade shows in foreign countries where you do get to meet the actual factory that's producing your goods. So I do become the middleman and the, the, um, uh, the purchaser, which is getting rid of the middleman, um, direct to factory. And you learn, like sometimes my trip, it was, it, it ended up being nothing that we did not go down the leather goods end. it was too much right. to take on right now. But so not every trip is successful. But what I but I what I think is important for people, I mean, all of your things are gorgeous. And is what what I think is that you were open to opportunity. And I I think that because a lot of women I mean, you started this after your initial career. Right. I mean, you were, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big I started it. Yeah. Right. And see, that to me is amazing because and I think that's really a message for people is that you can't can't be afraid to turn your passion into your purpose and into a paying purpose as well. And you sort of said yes, like you said, that's a big thing of mine, like the whole improv thing, just say yes. You saw opportunities and you said yes and you went forward. You said you didn't want to do robes, but look, you you didn't know you wanted to. And and I think that's a really great message for women in particular to hear. Just keep your eyes open and say yes. I mean, you go and you look at all this gorgeous jewelry and then you come out and here you go for beads and you come out with fabric. So I think it's great. And yet you don't always say yes. You said no to the leather goods because you knew your limitations. Yes. Well, there's so many wonderful women over 40 after me. We are, you know, I'm an empty nester now. The kids are gone. And um, there's so many women that are talented if it's not design, production, marketing, sales that are our age in, you know, plus, you know, and they're dying to go back to work, but yet they don't want to be a nine to five. They don't want to work for a big company and it gives them a purpose again. And, um, you know, I think it's, I, I'm lucky, knock on wood, I'm, I am lucky that I found something that I can do that keeps me busy to wake up every day and gives me a purpose again. Um, it would be wonderful um, if it keeps going and the growth keeps going, it would be terrific. But in the end of the day, I'm just happy and I'm lucky to have this outlet for me to be creative and to be purposeful. You know, I think that's really, really the most important thing about about our lives in sort of the second act. Yes. You know, it's yes, we want to be able to, if we can be fortunate enough not to have to pay the mortgage, we want to be able to do something that fuels a passion, fuels our purpose and is of benefit to someone else, at least. And I see and your- I make people happy. I mean, I get, yeah. I got stopped this morning. I was at Molly Stone's and I got stopped this morning by this woman says, Oh my God, I got your email. I love this. And 
she purchased from me. I didn't know, remember, I didn't remember her name and she got my name. She was like, I can't believe I got your name. And she stops me in, in the parking lot. And that makes you feel like, oh my God, I made her happy. Yeah. That's such a nice thing when, you know, I go to these shows all over the country and someone will come up to me and they follow me on Instagram. I've never met them before. And they go, oh my God, I heard you were in this state or this, this, or this, this. And I came to see your stuff in person. Hi. Oh, and that's the, great. And I, I, every show I go to, I get at least one or three, sometimes four people I don't know that come up and say, hi, I follow you. I love what you're doing. And they just introduce themselves. And that means a lot that yeah, we're making yeah, someone yeah. else happy, right? So so how, I mean, do you sell primarily from your website or do you go to to shows? Because seeing the things in person is so much different and yes. so much and more I think, appealing. Yes, and exactly, and because they are unique, um, very statement-orientated pieces that trying them on does make a particular difference. Um, but I would say um, in the last year from 17 to 2018, I went up from about, you know, 30 to, 15 to 40% online sales. And mm. to basically get recognition or brand recognition, I have to do these charity events, boutiques, right. pop-ups, trunk shows. And it's really the only way that I can continue the business, um, uh, which is great because every year I, I develop, every year I get better, every year I hone down finding out who my product, who my customer base is, what they want, what the colors are stronger, where I should be focused in, sizing, blah, blah, blah. You know, it is such a, um, you know, you just learn. You learn by making mistakes. You learn by being in business. And a lot of people have been so kind in the past, like you're so kind, Kim, to even offer to talk to me, <laughs> to say, you know, this is one of my first ones I've ever done. And I've been in business three and a half years and people have offered, oh, can they write Can you interview with this person? Can you talk at first? I go, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I have so much growth to do. And I've learned so much by making mistakes um, that, that, you know, that I'm ready to grow. And my slow growth has given me the opportunity to do it in a way that I'm, you know, I'm not going to hurt anyone or not ship or not do or not deliver or not represent myself correctly. And so, you know, it's been a real, you know, uh, growth, growth period. Right. But How that's to, so important. I mean, to keep your mind stimulated, to keep going. So what do you think, what do you think is next for you? Um, that's a good question. I mean, well, we, we are, we are expanding into more accessories because of course that was more my background was accessories. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I am listening to the market by meaning, as you said, I went to buy beads in India. I came back with a robe line mm -hmm. and it's taking off. So not that I want to do a bigger robe line, but I'm also doing, um, from inner Mongolia for fall, I'm doing a bunch of, um, reversible cashmere coats that are Ooh. really reasonably priced and really great. And I was just so lucky to meet them in a trade show in Hong Kong in March. And I have to say that it's, I'm so excited about them. I can't, I wish I had a picture to show you, but I can't. Yeah, me too. So you'll have to let us know when they launch. launch yes, but I'll be launching them in the fall. So things okay. like that get me really excited. Um, I think in a perfect world, I would love to have a little bit of everything, but necklaces will always be the base. Um, when I do shows in person, um, I have about half of them are one of a kinds that you can't get online. So coming to see me in person 
is a huge benefit because one, you can try it on and two, you'll get something that no one else has. Um, That is hard to, to sustain in a large scale environment. So that would probably stop. I mean, I am cutting back on my shows. I did 23 shows last year and that was too much. I was really burning out. Um, and I'm down to about 15 shows now this year. I do a lot in fall, um, in Florida during the spring, January, February, March, and April. Um, uh, I am based in Florida a lot and I'll, um, that keeps me busy. And then I do a lot of the East coast, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, raw. I mean, I'm all over in the fall, but I'm usually on the East coast. And then in the summer, I'll try to go to resort areas, uh, you know, so, but again, I, I'm not traveling as much. I am traveling, but I'm not doing as many shows. I'm, wow. I'm cutting it back because I just can't physically do it as much as well, I Well, you also have to take care of yourself. Exactly. So do you think that uh, brick and mortars have are slowly dying away and that, but I mean, Yes, I think online is really important, but for you, oh, really I would love need- nothing more than having a brick and mortar down in Burlingame. I could walk down and have a little store and something yeah. out of it. But the but the environment for a retailer to afford a space is one, as you know, in San Francisco, not a realistic understanding. I could do brick and mortars in others in other cities in the country that may not be as resort orientated. Yes. But most of my clients and where they are, I can't afford a shop. Right. I can't afford $10,000 a month on rent. Uh, that's unrealistic. And that's what you're looking at. And uh, so as much as I would like to have a brick and mortar, I'd love to be able to be working and have my office out in a space like that. I can't afford it. And I think, yeah. the, and that's, that's why the retail market is slowly dying and the accessibility of online and even the online is hard because people are so trained because of Amazon that when they put an order in and if it's not shipped in two days, they're wondering where it is. Yeah. Where's my tracking information? Why is it not coming? I'm like, it's coming. It's actually Am- Amazon yeah. has ruined us all. <laughs> and you know, so it's hard. I mean, I do have help, but again, these are growth pains. I mean, it they're, they're as you say, they're good issues to have. So they I'm are. complaining, but it is amazing when people will email you in 24 hours and wondering where their goods are. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, funny. Now, do you, it's not Heidi, Amazon, Carrie. Right. Do you create each piece by yourself? Um, I design by myself. Yes. Um, I do have some very good friends. I'll always show things too, but um, designing is probably only 5% of my day. Right. Not either. And it goes in ways because as you all know, if you've ever had a business or like you're interviewing me now, there's a lot of prep that goes into a post. Um, uh, there is, uh, the manufacturing, the production, the shipping, the, the stock of my pouches that just arrived from uh, China today and they have the wrong string in them. So now I have to deal with talking to China for the next hour, trying to get the string out that to remake. So things like that, just wiring money. I mean, there is just a minutia of business, um, which is the back door, which is everyone's back office. And I do have help with that and I do have help in the front, but it doesn't make a difference. It all falls on you or it all has to go through me and then you can delegate out. Um, right. but no, designing is a lot of fun, but it's probably 5% of my time. Got it. And well, I mean, I oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna say it's time for us to sort of wrap up, but, um, and I, I do want everybody to visit HeidiCarey.com, H-E-I-D-I-C-A-R-E-Y.com to look at what you have. 
Well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, talking today. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, anyone can reach out and ask me any questions. I'm, I'm usually pretty accessible. I do get back within 24 hours, maybe not immediately, but I am, I am here. Well, thank you. And I think your things are amazing. And I love that you have done this in your second act. Most importantly, not only are you providing, you know, gorgeous pieces that complete outfits, but you have done this as a, you know, a strong, bold, confident woman. You've created strong, bold, confident pieces in act two. And I love it. Oh, well, thank you. I, I wish we all could have very successful acts twos, right? Right, exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Heidi, and um, I look forward to the fall launch. Well, thank you so much, Kim, and you have a great day, too. Thanks. You, too.